0: Welcome to Matthew's World of Wine and Drink, an educational podcast dedicated to teaching you all about the wines of the world, the different regions, the different grape varieties, the different styles of wine, and the history and culture of wine. In this episode, we're going to focus on North East Italy, a very broad region which highlights the diversity of Italy, its wine and its culture in general. We think of Italy as being one country these days, with a shared culture and a shared language and a shared history. But Italy is actually quite a modern country, created in 1861, when all of the duchies and kingdoms of Italy were unified by Garibaldi to create the one country. These duchies and kingdoms were often at war with each other and had their very own individual identities. And one of the regions we're going to look at in this episode highlights that, and that is Alto Adige, which until the end of World War I was part of the Austro-Hungarian Empire, and German is still widely spoken here. In fact, the Italian language and Italian culture was only introduced into the region in the 1930s when Mussolini forcibly moved Italians into the region to make it more Italian. And that German language will be seen on wine labels. As we DJ in German is Sir Tyrol, or South Tyrol, referring to the southern part of the Alpine region of Austria. Weingut will be seen on the label, which means winery. And also some of the grape varieties may be referred to with German names, such as weissburgunder for Pinot Blanc or Pinot Bianco in Italian. So a very strong Germanic influence there. So the climate of Alto Adige is continental, with really hot summers and a wide diurnal temperature range. So the days can be extremely hot, reaching as high as 40 degrees Celsius, with the nights being very cool, falling as low as 10 degrees Celsius. So a very wide diurnal range. And the grape varieties are often planted at very high altitude, 600 to 800 meters or even higher. The white wines made here are quite aromatic. There is a town in Alsace called Tremin, and this gives its name to the grape variety Tr- Tremina, which wound its way up over time through Austria into Germany and then into Alsace, where it became known as Gewürztramina, because it has this distinctly spicy aromas. And Gewurztraminer means spicy grape from Tremine. So this is where it originates, and Gewurztraminer is still grown here. Also, other dramatic grape varieties like Riesling and Müller Thurgau. Which and Muller Thurgau is quite a neutral grape but it's at its best in Alto Adige it has a bit more aroma to it also Pinot Blanc or Pinot Bianco and uh, Sauvignon Blanc as well The quality here is very high, and this has really emerged since the 1960s as um, a quality wine region. Red grapes as well. Schiava is historically the most important, though not particularly high quality. Um, In German it's called Vernatsch, that's kind of Austrian-German. In Germany itself it's called Trollinger. There are actually two types of Schiava. Schiava Grosso, which produces quite neutral wines with high yields, and then Schiava Gentile, which is higher quality, more aromatic, and with smaller grapes as well, so lower yields. Another indigenous grape variety of the region is La which has deep colour and is earthy and tannic and can be quite good quality. Also planted here is Pinot Nero or Pinot Noir or Blauburgunder as it's sometimes called in Austrian-German. and This is planted at high altitude, up as high as 1,100 metres and can be extremely high quality, quite light-coloured, light-bodied, with a nice tannic intensity, high acidity from those cool nights and can be quite age-worthy. Moving further south to Trentino, so Trentino-Alto Adige is often referred to as one region, but Alto Adige is the Germanic part, Trentino is the Italian-speaking part, and this is where um, a lot of Pinot Grigio is planted, and Pinot Grigio has been one of the big success stories of Italian wine over the last 10 to 15 years, alongside Prosecco, and that's because it's quite neutral and easy drinking, high acidity, very refreshing, not a difficult wine, a good summer porch wine. Pinot Grigio is, of course, the same grape variety as Pinot Gris, but Pinot Gris is, planted late, uh, is picked later, meaning that there's more sugar in the wine, resulting in more body, and also more aromatics as well, whereas Pinot Grigio is picked earlier with high acidity but much more neutral aromas. The um, black grape variety is Terodigo, which has a deep colour and tannins, and it's very fruity and quite chocolatey. Moving further south again, to the Veneto. The Veneto is the biggest wine region in Italy, and the most famous part of the Veneto is Valpolicella. And Valpolicella, very well known, but unfortunately is too inc- inconsistent in its quality. Italian wine suffered in the 1960s, when regulations were brought in, which expanded the wine regions far wider than they should be, and we'll focus on this more when we, in our next episode when we look at Chianti. And so Valpolicella, like Chianti, is far too big. And a lot of the plantings are on flat plains, which are fertile, get the grapes right very quickly, without any complexity building up. And 40% of all Valpolicella production is on those plains. And so the quality of Valpolicella is just far too low. And the wines will have a pale colour, and will lack fruit, and will lack tannin, and just will lack any interest whatsoever. For quality Valpolicella, hillside sites are very important. They'll be less fertile, and the sunshine will just be more gradual over them, so the ripening will be slower, building up complexity. So Valpolicella Superiore will have more alcohol in it, because the grapes are picked later, and they have more sugar in them, so they'll have more body and a bit more complexity. Valpolicella Classico comes from the historic heart of Valpolicella which are on the hillside sites that's where the best grapes have always been planted so again they will have more complexity and more body to them and more concentration the highest quality style of wine in Valpolicella is Amarone della Valpolicella This was first released in 1953, so it's quite a modern style of Valpolicella, but it's really become very important because this maintained the quality plantings on the hillsides when a lot of Valpolicella was being made on the plains, and it now accounts for 25% of total production in Valpolicella which does mean that the quality of Amarone isn't always as consistent as it should be, with uh, perhaps too much of it being made, because it is a very popular style of wine. Amaroni is made by uh, picking the grapes when they're full of sugar, and then drying them in, in rafters over the autumn. 1st of December is the minimum time that it must be; uh, dr- the grapes must be dried to. And this results in dried fruit aromas. Uh, the grapes have more tannin they also have more sugar and when the wines are fermented there will be very high alcohol up to 17 percent and Amarone is fermented to dry maybe off dry because there's so much sugar you may not be able to get the full um, fermentation so high quality wines very full-bodied an in between style is Ripasso, and this is made by taking the basic Valpolicella wine and adding the skins of the grapes to the wine, and this will re- replicate the dried fruit aromas of Amarone without the expense of making Amarone, when, when la- not having the complexity, but also not having alcohol and body, which makes it a bit easier drinking. The alcohol here will be 13 to 14 percent. And then there's another historic style of Valpolicella, which is Recioto, And Recioto dates back all the way to the Romans, 2,000 years ago. And Recioto is made in a similar way to Amarone. In fact, Amarone is an offshoot of Recciotto. Uh, the grapes are dried, but they're dried for much longer than Amarone is, and so the sugar will be even more concentrated, and therefore the wines cannot be fermented to complete dryness, so the wine will be sweet. So very unusual, a sweet red wine, not something that you find too often, but very high quality. There are four main grape varieties for Valpolicella. Corvina is by far the most important and considered the highest quality, and this has distinctive sour cherry aromas and quite fruity. Much lower quality is Molinara, and this has high acidity, which is why it's used, and a pale colour, and that accounts for the the, the real pale red wines of uh, Valpolicella. And then Rondinella is a grape with high yields, which is why it's very popular with growers and producers. Also Corvinone, it's used for Amarone, and this is quite similar to Corvina, hence the similar name. And this has loose bunches and large berries, which makes it good for drying, which is why it's used for Amarone. Molinara is not allowed in Amarone; it's not high quality enough. And Amarone must be a blend, forty to eighty percent of Corvinoni and Corvina, with five to thirty percent of Rondinella. Moving west of Valpolicella, we have Bardolino, and this is on the banks of Lake Garda, one of the great lakes of Italy. And the same grapes are used here as Valpolicella, but there's more Rondinella being used. And these are light-bodied red wines, pale in colour, quite similar to Beaujolais in style. And these are summer reds, which uh, should be served chilled. And also rosé is made here as well. And then moving east of Valpolicella is Suave, and this is the great white wine of the region. Again, quality varies in Suave. And this, again, like Valpolicella, depends on where the grapes have been planted. If they've been planted on the plains around Suave, the quality will be relatively um, indifferent, and their yields will be high as well. But if the grapes are planted in the Classico part of Suave, which means the hillside slopes surrounding the town, the quality will be much higher, and these are extremely good white wines. The Classico region can be divided into two. The eastern part has volcanic rock soils, and these produce quite steely mineral wines, whereas the western part of Suave Classico has limestone soils, and it's warmer here as well, and the wines are fruitier. The most important grape variety here is Garganega and this is a late ripening grape with thick skins and this th- these thick skins protect the grapes from mist which will rise up from Lake Garda. And this has a high yielding grape, so the quality of Suave is all about controlling the yields of Garganega. and in the plains you cannot do that, on the hillside slopes you can. Garganiga must be 70% of the blend and can be 100%, and this can produce high quality wines when those yields are controlled, delicate, spicy, with lemon aromas and almond aromas as well. When it's blended, there are different grape varieties it can be blended with. The basic stuff will be blended with Trebbiano di Toscana, which is low-quality, neutral grape variety planted all around Italy, the most planted grape variety in Italy, very neutral. Or it can be blended with Chardonnay, which simply beefs up the wine and gives it a bit more body. The high quality stuff will be blended with Trebbiano di Suave, which is the same grape as Verdicchio. Um, Italian names for grape varieties are very confusing. Sometimes the same grape variety has a different name, sometimes different grape varieties have the same name. But Trebbiano di Suave is Verdicchio, which is one of the highest quality grape varieties in Italy, and that will add more complexity, more acidity, a bit more body and weight to the wine, while maintaining that mineral steely quality to Suave. Another style in Suave is Ricciato di Suave, so the same name as Ricciato della Valpolicella, but here it's made from white grape varieties instead of black grape varieties. And so this is a sweet sweet white wine, which is made sweet by concentrating the sugars through drying the grapes. Moving much more easterly, we have Frulli Venezia Giulia. Based around the cities of Venice and Trieste. And this is where Italian culture meets Germanic culture and Slavic culture. And the most, most important part of Frulli Venezia Giulia are the Collio and Colli Orientali regions, which are very close to Slovenia, hence that Slavic culture. And this area is very important because this introduced modern winemaking techniques for white wine. Traditionally, Italian white wines were not particularly good. They were fermented at warm temperatures and were aged in old oak barrels, which resulted in quite flabby wines and also wines with oxidative aromas, so quite nutty and a little bit off. In Frulia Venezia Giulia, particularly the Fruli part of the region, the Germanic influence led to um, much more modern winemaking techniques, with cool fer- fermentation in stainless steel tanks, resulting in much cleaner, fresher white wines, which became very fashionable and have influenced white, white, ma- white wine making all across Italy, which is in much higher quality than it once was. Lots and lots of different grape varieties planted in this region, some of them indigenous, white grape varieties such as Frulano and Ribola Jaya, and black grape varieties such as Rifosco and Schioppettino. Frulano is the same grape as Sauvignonasse and this has high yields, it's late ripening, with floral and almond aromas. Traditionally here it was called uh, tocai, but that has been changed to Frulano, and I think this reflects the, uh, the identity of the wines much better. Reboya Jaya is also floral, but quite neutral with high acidity, and this is sometimes aged on its skins to give the wines a bit more uh, body and tannin and interest. Those black grape varieties, Rifosco actually refers to a whole family of grape varieties which we could spend an entire episode and more of this podcast focusing on. But the best wines from Rifosco are herbal and tannic and very age-worthy. Schiopatino is more medium body, has a deep colour though, aromatic with violets and pepper aromas. This is a grape variety which was nearly extinct uh, after Phylloxera, but much more plantings of, of it now and it can be quite high quality. Reflecting the Austrian influence, there's also Riesling and Welsh Riesling planted here, and then there are quite a lot of French grape varieties planted uh, after Phylloxera, such as Sauvignon Blanc, Chardonnay. The two high-quality regions I mentioned are Collio, Gonziano, and Colli Orientale, and these are south of the city of Udine. Collio, as it's often shorted, shortened to, produces white wines which are quite delicate and aromatic and fragrant and 85% of production here is white Sauvignon Blanc, Pinot Grigio and Frulano. And also red wine which are quite like the Loire Valley, Cabernet Franc and Merlot but these can be a little bit underripe. Colli Orientale refers to east facing slopes hence the name Orientale and these produce wines with more body more length and can be aged in oak, so a bit more structure and concentration to these wines. 35% of the plantings here are red, Cabernet Sauvignon, Merlot, the Rafosco family, and Schiopatino, while the white wine will often be made from Frulano. This region, as I mentioned, is next to Slovenia, and this only became part of Italy after World War I, rather like Alto Adige, giving indication of the kind of fluidity of Italy's history. So that has been northeast Italy, very diverse region, different uh, regions within that larger area, and lots of different styles of wine being made from international grape varieties, as well as indigenous varieties. So thank you for listening. This is Matthew, and this has been Matthew's World of Wine and Drink.